0: Good morning, my friends, and we have got a big, big show for you today. So the much anticipated FOMC meeting yesterday, uh, Powell came out extremely hawkish. The markets reacted, but Bitcoin is currently right at this moment completely shrugging it off. We have the SEC declaring war or furthering the battle lines against Coinbase, a publicly traded SEC approved company. And we have a lot more news. We've got Arbitrum airdrop. We got Doquan getting popped. We got all sorts of good shit. And by the way, the banks are still going down. Mikey, take us into the show. let's go let's go let's go good morning my friends corval what's up buddy
1: hey how you doing Austin? good afternoon
0: uh, yo, it's been exciting I'm fired up. hours i am i am fired i am fired up clay's not here clay's on the top of a mountain he threatened to uh phone in today and like go down a black diamond with his camera open but I don't see him. So I guess he's not going to do it, man. I don't know. Hopefully
1: he calls in, dude. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him shredding down the mountain, giving us a oh, business.
0: Can I I just say nobody rocks the color pink like you, dude. Like for anyone, anyone that, that missed any of our quantum Miami videos, like Corval showed up in a completely pink, like, like a, a tweet. What, what, what was it made? Like Rayon like, or tweed yeah, or I leisure. Winning, I
1: don't know. <laughs> Well, you live in Florida. You got to have a linen suit. Let's shit. Bro,
0: sweat. I, if, if I sweat. If I fart in a 60 degree room, I will break a sweat. Dude, I could <laughs> never get in the suit that you just you wore, man. We have we have a big day going on. We got yeah, we do. We got so I don't know, man. I, maybe it's just me. Like every time this shit happens, I, I have this conversation with my wife. Like, are we there yet? Are we ready to leave the country yet? Because dude, <laughs> I I spent many like seven years of my life living in foreign countries. I lived in in Tokyo for four years when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I lived in in Mexico for two and a half years, part of that time in Mexico City by myself, dude, like living with this Mexican girlfriend I had that did not speak English and (laughs) my Spanish was dodgy at best, right? So I've lived that international life and I know that there's a lot there for us. You know what I mean?
1: Where would you go go now? That's a really good
0: question. I don't, you know, I honestly don't know where I would go, uh, if if that were actually like open, you know, I would, I don't know, cause it, I have four kids, I have four kids now, dude, that's crazy,
1: education and all that too, yeah, yeah, education's a big
0: deal, (laughs) but the saving grace that I feel like I have and you have too is that we live in Florida, and Florida is, they will barricade the the border if we start getting dystopian in this state, like, yeah, man. Thank God we have well, a governor. Like we're well, one of the,
1: like the what, like 10 states that are profitable or whatever? One of the 10 states that doesn't rely on federal funds to survive, I think.
0: I don't know anything about that, but I know we are one of a couple of states that are pushing back against CBDCs and protecting the rights of cryptocurrency holders. And that's, that's right, that's major, 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 major. So all right, let's get into the show, ladies and gentlemen. So we had the FOMC meeting yesterday, and it was a big big meeting. I mean, let's face it. Half of the world now, half of the world, maybe not half of the, you know, the CME people, uh, (laughs) half of the world were thinking we might, we might definitely get a pause or potentially even a rate cut. Right. And that is not what happened. Uh, and, but what, what did happen was this, this was really, really interesting. So Powell came out, uh, and we got the 25 basis points and, uh, he came out with some fairly hawkish tone yesterday uh there was you know we were thinking okay he might drop 25 basis points but then come out dovish he really didn't he came out hawkish saying hey we are committed to fighting inflation and oh by the way the banks are fine like don't worry about the banks and so when they gave 25 basis points um that seemed to for whatever reason give some confidence to the market as referenced by this huge drop we have in the dixie here um but then as he started to talk and as things continued on we had a bounce there and we had a huge tank in bitcoin right here which coincidentally i mean you could say trend lines don't work and mine's not perfect but it bounced right the hell off of it and the interesting thing right now is is bitcoin is catching a bid at any areas of opportunity any areas of opportunity bitcoin is catching a bid which i find to be very 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 interesting but But here are the things about the FOMC that I think are most relevant to what we want to talk about. So, and and I'll play a video from from Powell here in a second, but this is the dot plot that we're looking at here. And this is essentially all the Fed presidents coming together and they put a little dot at where they think the federal funds rate is going to be at a particular uh, date and time, right? Mm -hmm. And so right now we are at 475 to 5. We're essentially at 5% federal funds rate. And so all but one of the Fed presidents or governors or whatever the hell they call them uh, believe we will have a higher federal funds rate in, t- in 2023 than we currently have. And none of them see any rate cuts until we get into 2024. And then we have significant rate cuts in 2025 and so on. Now, does that line up with what the, the target rate probabilities are, or what the market actually sees? So Right now, for, for the next meeting in May, let me refresh, let me see what it, it is. Right now, so we've got 54% saying that we're done with rate hikes, right, for now. And we have 45% saying that we have another 25 basis point rate hike. But here's the thing, like here, here's the thing. Another 25 basis points, like you're whistling in, in the wind, man. Uh, they're, they're opening up the floodgates for trillions of dollars. Anything that was going to break, it broke. Like, you know, it's like it's like if you smash a glass on the ground and you take your heel and start crushing the glass, what you did with your heel is not doing any yeah. damage than you've already freaking done, right? And so if we kick forward into, let's see, in June, we do see 15% uh, saying, a and then if we get into July, we've got uh, 64% saying that we will see at least a 25 basis point rate drop did you watch the fomc yesterday corporal
1: yeah i did and it it did seem like uh, a lot of people are pointing this out but if you haven't watched it you should watch it not just the selected clips because there was a vibe there was definitely a vibe to jerome powell that was different than usual not that i like watch him religiously every speech but he seemed a little bit more nervous especially towards the end uh just a lot more ticks a lot of rubbing his face, a lot of picking his nose. Was that?
0: Was it you that was asking if he was huffing gas in the back or something before yeah, if he, he gave something up his nose? Was he doing lines? Know, what was when I hear him talk, for? he just kept doing this. <laughs> well, all right. So we gotta. So it's not just you. Don't have to just be like a very very competent like economist to to be in this role. You have to be a very talented public speaker because this is the face mm-hmm. of monetary policy, right? And if this guy comes out and like flinches the wrong way when he's saying something like the markets move. And that's yeah, really, sure. really interesting.
1: I mean, he stresses that when he speaks too. like, uh, there was one line I thought was very eloquent. He's like, I'm saying, I'm not saying anything other than what I'm saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he pricks his words very carefully. Right. Everything about his speech is, is, is crafted, right? Every, every word he's choosing specifically. So when he's saying softening and hardening and hardening of the markets, He's using that because he doesn't want to use uh, more powerful language that might make people nervous, right? Corvo. Some of it was so, making me kind of nervous.
0: Dude, I've got this tweet pulled up. I didn't even see your response down here. I thought yeah. he just said some. he had some big-ass boogers. Let me play this real quick and we can continue this discussion. Here we go. wondering
1: if you could go to the Credit Suisse merger. I mean, wasn't that the big gorilla in the room?
0: Aren't Didn't you breathe a sigh of relief when that uh, merger
2: happened? Thanks. Sure. So, you know, we that that was really the Swiss uh, government. We, of course, were, were following it over the course of the weekend, and we were engaged with their authorities in the way that you would expect, all the ways that you would expect. It seems to have been a positive outcome in the sense that uh, the transaction was agreed to, and it has been, uh, the markets have accepted it, and uh, uh, it seems to, have, seems to have gone well, and I think there was a concern that it would not go well. So coming coming into the, mid, the middle of this week, yes, I, I would say that that has gone well so far. <laughs> There's the, bugger. Oh, to go to the
0: <laughs> So Nick, Nick being a poker player would call that a tell, I think. And there were quite
1: a few of those. This is just one instance, but that whole like 20-minute or so speech, he does this a lot, and he does take some like... The, what you would call like exasperated body language where like he's he's asked. I think, uh, I forget the exact question, but I think it was something about like whether or not uh, the banking system is firm. And he goes like, he does this, he puts his arms <laughs> on the podium and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm confident. Well, look, yeah.
0: We reviewed on, was it on yesterday's show? Yeah, it was. I think it was on, mm. yeah, it was on yesterday's show. We reviewed a lot of evidence to say that there are major cracks within the banking institutions, shout out to Balaji, uh, that the Fed knew about this since June of 2022, that over 300 banks were insolvent. And and they can't come out and say, yes, these banks are insolvent. You guys should go get your deposits out because it would absolutely crush the system. And so he can't say anything. If you ask him, how's the banking situation going? It could be it could be flames in the street and he's going to go, oh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I know the, the flames are lower than they were yesterday. You know? mm-hmm. I think that's what he's going to say. Uh, because at the end of the day, he's a politician. I mean, yeah. that's, even though he's unelected, he's a politician.
1: One of the questions I believe this woman asked him was if, if he, um, if like, he believed like additional oversight was necessary or if they like, they're doing like an internal review on like their oversight. Cause like, how could mm-hmm. they have missed this, that sort of thing? Um, And she kept asking like probing questions and he was like, well, I can't really give you anything else. My unformed thoughts and opinions on this. I have to like, you know, think about it. And uh, to me, that kind of belied some kind of hesitancy on his part to really commit to to strong supporting. Like Clay said here in the chat, he says seems to eight times for now, like a lot of really uncertain language. Um, Not the not the the best thing (laughs) to be seeing. If you're a banker
0: yo mikey the, yeah thank you you got to get these comments up here these are priceless like when we get Corval coin you're all getting rained on with oh yeah baby. Coins. all right so let's let's keep this going so you had uh powell on the one side saying yeah you know we don't worry our btfp program is supporting the banks everything is perfectly fine there is no contagion happening Right. And then and then you've got Yellen on the other side of the city going, yeah, you know, we're really actually not considering backstopping all deposits in banks. And that, I think, was part of like she was the interview that was going on that people really weren't watching. But I think that had a big effect because the left hand didn't seem to know what the right hand was doing in this instance, uh, which just further goes to show the level of bullshit. Uh, that's coming out of most people's mouths, <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, like when the Fed gets in a jackpot, they can't tell you that. And I think that's part of the reason that they had to stay the course, right? If you stay the course, but you continue to print, again, you're not—I don't think you're going to do any more damage, but you would do damage uh, if you didn't stay the course and continue to try and slay the inflationary boogeyman. And so, uh, you know, they weren't the only ones to do that. There were many, many central banks this this uh, week that announced their federal funds rate. And uh, they all pretty much stayed the course. ECB, Swiss Central Bank, uh, the Fed, Bank of England, which I believe was, was it this morning? Uh, The Australian Central Bank, Norway Central Bank, all of them continued to hike rates. And it says here, despite worries of a banking crisis, central banks around the world said, inflation is their top priority. All of these central banks said, future rate hikes may be needed. You know it's bad when they broke the banking system, and keep raising interest rates. And I, and I, I, you know, it's interesting because officially to the people that like, don't get their news from Twitter, which is a lot of people to to, to me, it seems like everyone in the world gets their news from Twitter and it's coming at the speed of light, but like most people don't, they get it from CNN. They get it from, you know, MSNBC, Fox, whatever. And as biased as it is, is, they're still kind of towing the line when it comes to what they can and cannot say because they have like some form of responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe with the exception, like I can see Fox news coming out and going, yo, the banks are crashing, get your shit out. Like I can see them doing that. You know, maybe Tucker Carlson or one of those guys, but like, but the people that get their news from the news stations, like they're still being fed a narrative We're we're one of the few populations that are getting what I would consider to be, you know, actual news now whether or not it's all going to be proven whether they're going to put a band-aid on it whether these holes will ever come out you know who's to say uh but yeah. go ahead go ahead go ahead uh, you- i was just gonna
1: say yeah a lot of these uh, a lot of the news agencies like the bigger ones they're getting like fed an inside line like a lot of them have like contacts inside the fed or inside like the sec or whatever and they're going to be feeding them the lines that they kind of want to be mm-hmm spread right right um so i mean there is the the conflict with like what we're getting on twitter it's the raw right but a lot of the raw is can be like bullshit too yes (laughs) you know so it's like a little bit of a balancing act but but you're right like they have an incentive to not rock the boat too much because also they could they're much more vulnerable to like lawsuits they're much more like like if fox news were to come out and say the banks are on fire it's over then they could be hit with a lawsuit like you're inciting a
0: bank run <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well all right so there have been multiple tweets that have come out and i should have grabbed one for the show and i don't have it but uh somebody i forget who it was maybe it was db tier 10k i don't remember exactly who put the tweet out but but they said uh if if you know of any banks that are limiting your ability to move fiat into bitcoin please share that below and there were hundreds of comments over the last week major american banks have said okay you used to be able to do 10k a week now you can do 1k a week uh major banks in the united kingdom natwest i don't know if that's a uk bank or, or i don't know it's it's not a bank that's on my radar but they basically said you cannot fund uh any crypto whatsoever the on-ramps are starting to close which makes me feel very fortunate that you know i've had years to, to get money into the crypto ecosystem um it may be getting it out later that becomes the problem if there's even anything to get it out to luckily I'm on, on a short time frame when it comes to this. Right. And I talked yeah. to my, my wife last night, I said, what, you know, what do we do? Like if they come after this, what do we do now? She's not invested in this. Like I am, she doesn't have the passion that I do about this history. And she says, well cash out as soon as possible. And I just did not even respond to that. Like I could, I, like <laughs> you, you don't even, you don't even know how much this hurts my heart right now to see all of this happening, dude.
1: It's, yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, It seems like such a doomsday scenario for them to choke it all off, but it does seem like they want to control capital flows more, right? Everything, all their actions, all the press releases, that document we talked about yesterday, we think about like Fed Now and all that. It seems like they want to have stronger controls over where capital is flowing to. And the thing I want to point about this is the central banks, these are all like American-aligned banks too. Uh, Mm -hmm. So these are all very much invested in the stability of the petrodollar and all that. So it does seem like they're just trying to control those flows more. So it seems like a doomsday scenario, but well, Balaji Mm -hmm. called it.
0: I mean, it was in one of the videos that I I shared yesterday, which is like, yo, they're going to stream all of this inflation into the market and do everything they can to prevent it from moving into Bitcoin. And that's what they're going to do. Right. And, and I would predict that we see a lot more rogue, like peer to peer smart contract based markets pop up. Uh, and you know, hopefully they do like, uh, Local bitcoins is gone. They stopped operating, but there have been other ones that have popped up. The names escape me right now because I, I generally don't use them. But mm-hmm. we may get to the point to where that is the way you know to operate in the future. I know Kraken said they were stopping their ACH services. You can still do bank wires, mm-hmm. uh, but but ACH right you slow that down. So now somebody somebody gave a good. I, I read a, a comment on Twitter that said, "Hey, if." If you're running into uh, problems funding crypto, just do it on Robinhood because they don't know if you're buying stocks or crypto. And I thought that was very poignant. I don't have a Robinhood account, nor have I ever used them. But uh, if you are running into issues and that works for you, by all means, please share it. Mm -hmm. And there's this. So this guy is Steven Lubka, uh, who is he's the managing director. He's the head of private clients and family offices at Swan Bitcoin. And apparently he's a walking maximalist and he looks like like Jesus a little bit apparently. But he says, I run the private wealth team for a Bitcoin company. I can absolutely 100% guarantee you that we are seeing new clients come in who are buying Bitcoin specifically to hedge against banking failures. This is simply a real thing which is occurring. And to be perfectly honest, like if you were holding some form of wealth and you didn't say, you know what? All right, look, I'm gonna put 10% in, right? I'm willing to lose that 10%. But if, if that hedges against the potential that these like conspiracy theorists are, are right, mm-hmm. I'm willing to do it. And if it appreciates cool, if it depreciates and we find out that we have no problem, like I took a small, you know, it's like a, like a put, like an option. Yeah. I took an yeah. option on to hedge my bet, you know, and I don't see that as being like a problem. And, I, but I do believe that that's going on. Uh, I absolutely do.
1: Yeah. I agree with you hundred hundred. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like, it's like what impossible to stop Bitcoin, right? Like to turn it off to like really fuck it up. Like it's they're going right? to try,
0: they're going to yeah. try, you know, they're going to try, uh, but you know, call that for what it is. So I just uh, check what I just sent to Emmett from, all right. I don't see it. I'll, I'll see what else. Emmett, can you drop that tweet in the, uh, in the chat over here? So we can figure out what the hell Clay is talking about while we're doing that. So Uh, I'll bet they choke off on and off ramps. Yeah, they're trying to. So while we're doing that, here is a very, very poignant video, uh, courtesy of Mr. Clay Kilgo. Thanks for, thanks for still being on your game, even though you're
1: clipster, Clay Clipster
0: pursuing Utah snow bunnies. Uh, and it talks about quantitative tightening. I thought it was very, a very interesting one. And so we should watch it. It's only about
2: a minute and a half long what exactly is quantitative easing well i can answer this because actually we're advising um a couple of governments about this right at the moment and what are you saying to them w- well what perhaps is... i should just take you through what we're telling them to do yeah sure i mean Great. i won't go into a lot of detail no, that's be good. indiscreet, but this will mm. give you an idea of how quantitative easing works yep take printer out of box and mm. place on table with the out tray facing the window the out tray facing the window that's right load paper <laughs> into the paper receptacle and place currency on glass tray f right Check alignment by printing out a test page. Right. Go into copy settings and select double sided and the number of copies you require. How many would you suggest? In the case of one of our clients, it's 80 billion, 120 billion in the case of another client, and one client wants a trillion of these things. Can you get printers to do that? No, you can't. You're going to need a bank of them. I mean, it's a multi printed job. Ones, right? yeah, big industrial strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big like a Bofors gun, all facing the window. Yeah. 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 Uh, Once you've ascertained um, that uh, you have the alignment correct, uh, you alert the banking sector, open the window and press copy. And stand well back. Yes, you got to stand well back because they can create a bit of a vacuum while reaching cruising height. Whereabouts? In the Superfund industry very often. And you'd have to consider the wind direction, too. Well, yeah, you. you don't yeah. want to be doing this upwind. <laughs> no, because you'd be covered in pretend money, couldn't you? <laughs> covered in what? All right, we we,
0: we <laughs> that out. <in> <laughs> so I've got the image here uh, that Clay was talking about. And this is from Gemini. Again, this is unconfirmed. I have absolutely no way of confirming that this is true. It looks like a genuine Gemini email I'm going to put it up on screen. It says, hi, Stephen, whoever Stephen is. This restriction is indefinite at this time. We understand you have questions. That's the reason behind this decision. Gemini is unable. Wow, this is crazy. This risk review process is confidential and Gemini will not be able to elaborate any further. We can always revisit your restriction and see if we are able to make any accommodations. As mentioned, you can still make deposits, trade cryptocurrency using Gemini and withdraw fiat. You just can't. Okay, so you just can't pull it out. So I actually have seen a a few notices like that's this like not just gemini but well here's the thing these you know these us based exchanges they have like heavy heavy aml uh, anti money laundering shit in the background and they have algorithms that are checking like are you doing weird funky stuff on our exchange and sometimes you you trip and sometimes the government comes in and they want to do an investigation and things like that so who the hell knows what that's all about does anyone remember so i want to get into the coinbase stuff And then we'll talk about Arbitrum and what's going on there. But do you guys remember, uh, Were you you were around in 2020, Corvall, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. yes? Okay. So a glorious, glorious time. I remember, dude, I remember Thanksgiving 2020 being over at my brother-in-law's house, which is gorgeous, this massive house. And my my father-in-law at the time came out and he said, it's a beautiful house, isn't it? I said, yeah, I'm going to buy one like this next year. All right, (laughs) buddy. All right, buddy. All right. You do that. And I've not been a, a high income earner for years, you know. All right, buddy. Well, I did. I did. <laughs> thank you, Phantom. And thank you, Money Printer. But but one thing that happened was uh, there was a shitload of FUD leading up to the actual run. And Andrew Kang points this out very nicely. He says after the covid recovery, markets were hit with a barrage of regulatory FUD from the U.S. and China regulators. The U.S. government came after Crypto haze and BitMEX. I remember that. The Chinese government came after OKX and Huobi executives market could not break below 10K. And that feels like what we're seeing now is that that Bitcoin continues to catch a bid and he's got this great chart here uh, to outline it. But I, I remember that happening and I remember specifically thinking to myself, well, maybe it was Arthur's fault. We weren't mooning. He was just shorting on BitMEX in size, right? Shorting in size. Anyhow, anyhow. So that being said, Let's talk about Coinbase for a second. Let's so do it. Everybody saw the tweet and we've got some information uh some background stuff to share with you guys. So uh this is from Brian Armstrong. I'm just going to go through it real fast. So today Coinbase received a Wells notice from the SEC. Now, a Wells notice is a letter from the SEC. It's a notif- notice of intention to bring enforcement action. Is basically what it is. We've already done our research. We're coming after you. Just let here's a friendly notice to let you know that that's happening. And uh, yeah, Wells notice typically precedes an enforcement action. Two years ago, the SEC reviewed our business in detail. So for them to go public, they have to get a rubber stamp from the SEC. Now, staking was happening then. And, you know, their asset review process, like he's talking about here, was pretty much identical to what it currently is. And the SEC came and slapped them with a Wells notice, a very, very ambiguous uh, Wells notice, because they said they were selling unregistered securities. They had some mentions to staking, but they were not specific as to what exactly these guys did. Now, if they're coming after Coinbase, it should be noted that Coinbase, being a public company, is the most compliant uh, that you could possibly be and has pushed for years and years and years to try and become a uh, an SEC-registered company. Like they have, like Gensler says, just come on in and register. These guys have spent millions of dollars to do that. And I want to play a video from the Senate hearing. Uh, If you guys remember this coincidence or coordinated the administration's attack on the digital asset industry, this guy here, his name is Paul Graywall, and he is the chief legal officer of Coinbase. And the dude's an absolute G, but listen to him talk about what he's gone through, what they have gone through to try and become compliant. This is 13 days ago.
3: In Delaware, um, we obviously have a strong interest in seeing plus protections for consumers recognize the need for information right here in the United States. Um, I can't help but observe, however, Congressman, that even as we are debating issues such as what is the definition of a security or which agency ought to have primary jurisdiction over one element of the regulatory framework or another, other countries around the world are moving ahead. UK, Australia, Singapore—I could list many, many other countries that are taking a sensible approach to these issues and are attracting real capital and real jobs that create real national security cons- uh, concerns for the United States. If this gap, if this race continues uh, unaddressed by our country,
4: so so let, let's let's dig in on that a little bit, right? So there's a there's a discussion of whether or not. Uh, the regulatory path forward is clear or not. And so I want to go back uh, to Chairman Gensler's uh, comments in these regards. We've seen a flurry of enforcement actions from the SEC after many of the um, the firms in the crypto space. And he was recently quoted uh, as saying, quote, the path to compliance is clear. Um, is I understand that kind of in other words, he's arguing that digital asset firms uh, can and should register with the SEC uh, and the failure to do so is a choice. That's how, that's how I heard. Um, that comment. Uh, Maybe you you could share with me how you view that comment. And then further in your interaction uh, with the SEC, is the path to compliance clear uh, for your firm or for firms uh, in the same space?
3: Congressman, what I can say with respect to registration is that we actually share the goal, as as I laid out just a, a minute ago, Coinbase is eager to be able to offer digital asset securities here in the United States under the supervision of the SEC. So to that end, we have pursued registration um, under a number of different models, some that we have proposed, others that staff the SEC have suggested. To date, we have been unable to reach an accommodation um, and and identify a path towards registration or that would result in registration. The simple fact that the current registration rules don't make a lot of sense when it comes to digital assets.
4: So I'm assuming you're going back and forth at the F- SEC, I know last summer, uh, you sent a petition outlining a series of questions um, that you had, could you characterize your interaction with the SEC and have you received answers to the questions that you asked last summer?
3: Yes sir, uh, in July of last year, we filed a formal petition for rulemaking under the uh, procedures set out in the Administrative Procedure Act, seeking rules along the lines that we've been discussing. Uh, I would characterize our interactions with the SEC as, as, as always professional, um, uh, we held no particular grudge mm-hmm. towards the commission, even as we have strong policy disagreements. We have received no answer to our petition.
4: You received no answers to your petition. I think that says the uh, the future and the path here may be less than clear. We have an opportunity to clarify. Uh, thank you for your testimony today, Mr.
0: So it's been years, and, and they outline this in their in their blog post that we're going to get to in a second, but it's been years and millions of dollars that they, they obtained two broker-dealer licenses that currently sit dormant because there's just no way to classify them in my understanding. Right. And so Mm -hmm. at this point, he's saying, you know, our interactions have been professional. And of course, he was at a Senate hearing. You don't want to just completely shit on the SEC. And just now I was handed a tweet and this is beautiful. Uh, It's from Coinbase. It's from the Coinbase main account. Today at 1 p.m. joined Brian Armstrong, Paul Graywall, who we just saw blah, 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 for a conversation about the recent SEC decision to enforce rules that don't exist. I love that they put that. If the SEC wants to throw the rulebook at crypto, they should have a rule book. It sounds to me like the gloves are coming off now. And
1: Yeah, baby. Go ahead. We're getting a real fight now, dude. This is what I was talking about. We want to see these things resolve the good old-fashioned American way in the courtroom with some arguments, with some case well, law, baby.
0: You know, it sounds to me like, you know, it sounds to me like the SEC may be pushing themselves into the corner they don't want to be in, mm-hmm. whereas they think they've got, you know, the judicial system in their back pocket and they will usually side with the SEC. They've got Ripple fighting over here, fighting hard, and they may have an actual chance. And then you've got Coinbase, well capitalized, huge uh huge benefit to get this resolved in their favor and they're going to take up this fight too and now you've got so you've got a republican house you've got oh for the first time ever let me see if i can find this tweet uh gensler's being called in oh, let me see if i can pull this shit up for you so ellie yeah, tweeted about, about this. That. it was yeah, really yeah,
1: yeah. sometime around
0: now so, uh, new, Gary Gensler will appeal, appear before the House Appropriations Committee for its budget hearing next Wednesday at 2.30. This will be his first appearance before the House of Congress. So that's huge. That's huge that that's happening. So I wanna go back to this tweet from Meta Law, Man, real quick. Uh, and I just read the full mm-hmm. statement from Coinbase, which we're gonna read next, from Coinbase's top lawyer, and that's Paul, about the Wells Notice from the SEC. The thing that immediately jumps out is this. Coinbase very reasonably asked the SEC staff to tell them which specific tokens the SEC contends are securities. The SEC refused to tell them. This, my friends, is absolutely nuts. The entire point of the Wells Notice process is to allow the defendant a chance to prepare a written rebuttal to the charges against them and hopefully head off a meritless lawsuit. But the SEC has refused to tell Coinbase what tokens they claim are securities. How do you rebut that? This is literally the plot of Franz Kafka's book the trial and let's so let's kick over to their rebuttal of this real quick hopefully this is is coming through okay so it says here uh let me take that off the wells notice comes out of of the investigation that we disclosed last summer shortly after that investigation began the sec asked us if we would be interested in discussing a potential resolution that would include registering some portion of our business with the sec we said absolutely yes Specifically, the SEC asked us to provide our views on what a registration path for Coinbase could look like because there is no existing way for a crypto exchange to register. We developed and proposed two different registration models. We spent millions of dollars on legal support to build these proposals and repeatedly asked for the SEC's feedback. We got none. We also reiterated that we stand by our listing process. We don't list securities today and repeatedly invited the SEC to raise any questions about any asset at all on our platform. They raised none. We met with the SEC more than 30 times over nine months, but we were doing all of the talking. In December 2022, we asked the SEC again for some feedback on our proposals. The SEC staff agreed to provide feedback in January. In January, the day before our scheduled meeting, the SEC canceled on us and told us they would be shifting back to an enforcement investigation. We now understand that there is disagreement within the commission itself on how to proceed. This was just two months ago. And I want to kick down here a little bit. At no point in this investigation has the SEC told us a single specific concern about a single asset on our platform. To move to a Wells notice now is unusual to say the least, especially because our staking and exchange services are largely unchanged since 2021 when the SEC reviewed our S1 and allowed us to become a public company. Our core business model remains the same. So this is huge. And I'm very, very interested to see how this starts to play out uh, in in actual practice, because there's going to be a point where they pick the fight they don't want to pick, mm-hmm. you know. And and we have very powerful people in Washington who are on board with this. Like, don't think this is falling on deaf ears. It's not. It's the SEC operating at the behest of the executive branch along with, you know, the department of treasury, the OCC, Mm -hmm. the FDIC, the rest of these guys that are coming after it. Um, but, but that's not the judicial system and, and that's not the legislative branch. There's no laws that have been legislated. There's been no court precedent with the exception of library coin, right? (laughs) Which was not fought very well. Yeah. Um, and so I think we're going to see a fight on our hands and I
1: think you're right, dude. This is like, Sorry about that. I got a guy out there trying to prove something. <laughs> 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 now, um, yeah, I think you're right. This is like um, we, we've seen recently too that a lot of the judges do, don't seem to be favorable to these kind of like wishy-washy like actions by the SEC. This reminds me very clearly, maybe because we just talked about it, but the Voyager Binance thing
3: mm-hmm. where
1: the SEC try to interfere and say like you can't sell these assets to Binance because they're an unregistered securities platform. The judge asked for some clarity on what the hell they meant by that. They were unable to provide it. And the judge essentially said, fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. why are you wasting our time? It'll be interesting to see how they pursue this case if they uh, – like, if all that's true, which I have no reason to believe it's not. Like, how are they going to build a case if they <laughs> if they haven't, like, provided any specifics on, like, what laws are being broken, right? Like, well, it-
0: It'll be interesting, though, because, you know, the – I was of the opinion for a while that the SEC was getting the low hanging fruit like Mm -hmm. Kardashian and Jake Paul and all these people, you know, they're just going to settle. Clearly Kraken was a bit of low hanging fruit because they just settled. They didn't fight. They just settled. And that was because they didn't first come after their staking. They first came after them for anti money laundering shit, which Mm -hmm. is a whole other ball of wax. Uh, And so they were like, okay, the AML will go away, but you got to get rid of your staking and pay us $30 million. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this guy, Andrew, AP Abacus, not everything he posts is factual. I've seen him spew some weird shit, but I think he's this is factual. He says all of this is coordinated, all of it. Kraken, Silvergate, Signature, Paxos, Custodia Bank, Coinbase. Wow, there's so many of them. Grayscale, Genesis, Gemini, new custody rules, banks, stable coins, exchanges, rule changes, Wells notices, (laughs) the SEC, the Fed, FDIC, OCC, uh, New York Department of Financial Services, DOJ, Treasury, and they aren't done yet and and he's right like if if i was not already sitting with a crypto portfolio if i was sitting in in cash i would be doing everything i possibly can to get that cash to hedge my bet like to get that cash because right now right now like it's clear shit's going down yeah. Uh, and we got to be ready for it.
1: It just occurs to me here, kind of after reading John Stepp's comment, just connected a little thought for me and, and that this is might be like they said in the Coinbase thing too. the SEC seems to be split on like whether or not like how they want to proceed with this. And it does seem like the main benefit from this is like the optics of it, the visuals. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just like a person who's not invested in crypto at all, you might have heard of Coinbase. Like my dad knows Coinbase. That's how he buys like shares of fucking random ass shit. And uh, he calls them (laughs) shares. He calls them shares, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but like if my dad, my dad watches like Fox News or whatever, he's going to hear that they're getting Coinbase is being sued by the SEC. He's going to be like, holy shit, I got to get the fuck out of here. He's not going to look into it. He doesn't, he's just going to
0: trust like what's going
1: on. Mm -hmm. hey welcome back crypto bean
0: (laughs) now you bring up a really really good point and and mac hawk has a great point too this is how badly they need to keep liquidity in the system and Mm -hmm. for something that held no promise no value was completely worthless they sure spent a lot of time in that white house report painting a picture about crypto they're they're spending billions of dollars going after crypto companies you know for something that's you know it's kind of worthless it's not gonna it's not gonna do it. it's of no threat whatsoever to us is is the basic theme that they're giving us and I think we all know that that's absolute horseshit oh,
1: well they do they do paint it as a risk they do paint it as a risk to it's a risk a financial contagion they're like this could cause bank runs in the traditional financial sector if we we gotta like they' they're really trying to corral banks away but yeah, yeah it's it seems a little um more like theater than it is like earnest uh like enforcement action
0: because if they wanted to enforce
1: something they would tell them what they wanted to enforce right
0: they would and that's not what they want to do it doesn't seem that way anyhow so it, it should be crystal clear by now that the biden administration specifically wants all crypto run out of the us and then down here she has a nice comment gotta be honest as somebody who hasn't been afraid to call balls and strikes if any of this sec action predates coinbase's ipo which You'd think the SEC knows that. Then the SEC stepped in it. they re, Their remit is investor protection. How did it protect investors to let a company IPO if it was violating securities laws? And then uh, Jake Travinsky, if you guys don't follow him, you should follow him. He's the chief legal officer, I believe, the Blockchain Association. It says, Coinbase has spent an extraordinary amount of time and resources working good, in good faith. To seek regulatory clarity, the idea that they'd be rewarded with nothing but a Wells notice is sad, but not surprising uh, from an agency best known for regulating through enforcement. So, final tweet that I want to share, and then I want to get into uh, the arbitrum real quick because a lot happened. You know, the, Autism Capital is like they're not a bad account, but they're kind of like a troll account, you know. But but this one kind of hit me. Um, and it said, there's an absolute non-zero chance that the U S federal government comes for personal crypto asset seizure at some point for American citizens. If things continue declining further and I went shit, you know, I mean, your normal, your normal person out there thinks nah, that that's not going to happen, but they did it before under Roosevelt in 1933, they came in, they took your gold, you know, for, for the safety of the country, Mm -hmm. uh, because. When was this? Uh, National Emerging Embarer. This was after World War One, before World War II. Uh, but nevertheless, they did it. You know, they came and they took it. And so if you think this is not a possibility, this is a possibility. Get to Florida or Texas or, you know, Mexico. Like, dude, the Mexican economy is like, if you look at one of those charts that show, you know, real federal funds rates and like the actual growth, the Mexican economy is like the only one that's growing. And I can only say... It's doing that because like within a hundred feet of one another, you can get tacos, tequila and a hooker uh, for like 20 bucks. Like, you know, that's probably a thriving economy right there. So, all right, let's get into Arbitrum before I start going off on how much I love Mexico.
1: Well, I just want to say, I mean, you know, a lot of people's ledgers are going to be lost in boating accidents soon. If that were to happen, I would imagine.
0: Got to memorize that PK, buddy. Memorize it.
1: All right, cool. So. Yeah, this Arbidrum airdrop's been happening, and uh, there's been um, uh, what would you call it? Like a massive traffic jam of people trying to to, <laughs> to sell out yeah. of it to get to claim their free bucks. It kind of bricked brick the network
0: uh for a minute. I was trying to, mm-hmm. to throw some liquidity into an exchange, and it was not happening. Uh, the RPC, I I even have a private RPC, and it was getting jammed. So I don't really know what the deal was with that.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's been a mess dude and also if you take a look at this price chart here i mean we all know what it's going to look like it's not
0: going to be pretty boom jw i did learn a little bit of spanish i -hmm. i was the only only uh white boy living in mexico city within like a 10 mile radius and they have no desire to speak english to you because it's mexico city so i had to get a little bit anyhow so let's look at this chart all right buddy
4: when i
1: was last looking at this i was thinking oh it's gonna be stabilizing around a dollar 40 but it looks like we're um a lot lower now (laughs) dollar 27 so we're down 85 percent from what the eight dollars that it came out at
0: dude it shot up way 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 higher uh like on bybit it got up to 106 dollars on uh so i was watching kucoin because they were like apparently their market opened like i don't know a minute before the rest of them Mm -hmm. and uh it shot up to like 14 bucks and actually found support like around nine like i saw money pouring into it at nine and then six and i'm like dude what are y'all doing hell's wrong with you people um but so i here i'm gonna you know we can kick over to this whenever you're ready but mm-hmm. I have the Arbitrum chart here, uh, so we can just kind of take a look at what's going yeah, on.
1: That's a way better one, dude.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is what we want. So <clears throat> you can see, I mean, this is this is just the Dex the Dex chart. I, I don't remember which Dex I'm looking at here, but either way, there's a shitload of liquidity. Oh, it's Uniswap. Uh, there's a shitload of liquidity. Liquidity. There's been uh, there's been fifty one million dollars in volume, which for Uniswap is a good chunk. And uh, yeah so you know take that for what it's worth i'm not a buyer just yet and and the reason i'm not a buyer uh is because their fdv is at 14 now these are not circulating obviously but they have a 1.7 billion dollar market cap Mm -hmm. which which isn't huge right but but so do you have that dune dashboard handy
1: yeah dude i do i was just about to say i'm also wouldn't be buying because we've still got um this is a just refresh. So we've only got 40% of tokens claimed. Uh, so we still got 60% of, what, the 11%. So we've still got like 5% of the supply ready to hit the market mm-hmm. of the total token supply. So this is probably going to drop some more. I mean, I don't know. We could be stabilizing around here. It does seem to be fairly stable above a dollar. Um, if we can find the buyers, people are going to defend a dollar for for an Arbitrum, uh token. It does seem what? kind of
0: we do know that you know when it comes to airdropped tokens or new launch tokens we don't generally see v-shape recoveries Mm -hmm. uh we see more of a i would say at least a few days bottoming process Mm -hmm. and so as you know grab the dune dashboards you can just you can just uh go on dune and and search for arb and it'll it'll pull it up for you but um, give it a few days. Like I, I dude, Arbitrum is pumping. Like it is a hell of an ecosystem. Like I am definitely a buyer of this token. Mm-hmm. If it's at a reasonable level, uh, it, you know, this isn't like, you know, Aptos was a weird outlier. Like that was a weird one. Uh, how Whatever hard Aptos, that pumped. dude, it went, awesome. it, 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 spiked. And then it went down to like a buck 50 or two bucks. And then like went 500% over the course <laughs> of a few weeks. And it was really interesting because like, it looked like the foundation started selling some, it was really um, weird. It felt like a very SBF type of pump, uh, to me, ooh, but it's still inflation. sitting around 12 or 13, but their, their market cap is huge. It's absolutely huge. Yeah. And so, you said,
1: you said you were, you were hesitant on it because of the, the market cap or the diluted value.
0: Well, the FDV doesn't really matter. Cause a lot of that shit's locked up. A lot of it's locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the circulating market cap is what, you know, I'd be looking at and, you know it's probably it's probably uh not at an unreasonable level but i do want to see more of that airdrop get claimed before you know i think any type of a bottom will be will be in but but who's to say mm. you know uh, there is a there is a leveraged play here and and i think the leveraged play is you find the really good arbitrum ecosystem tokens that have not skyrocketed yet um and maybe just get a, get a small rando bag of those and, and see what happens, you know, yeah. because if, if when, when, when they start moving this into the ecosystem, which, it, you know, it's being airdropped in the ecosystem, um, naturally it's going to get yeeted into a bunch of this shit. And I haven't, I haven't actually been following them. Maybe that's something I should have done. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of interested
1: to see if Camelot is going to continue to skyrocket, <laughs> uh, off the back of this.
0: They're cranking. I mean, grill
1: right pumping hard yeah dude they've been doing crazy i'm not gonna stop kicking myself because i was in on them when they were mainly like hooked up with Terra ecosystem yeah and uh i pulled all out like after that collapsed i didn't have a lot of exposure to Terra, but i was like ah whatever and then they forked it and i was like whatever if i bought back in bro i would be shit i wouldn't be on this show
0: bro i'd be (laughs) (laughs) John steps on, on Kronos. So Clay and I have both actually, uh, had some chats with that team. I know, I know Clay had a call with them. I think they've got some, something really interesting that they're building. Um, you know, we were, we were also chatting about the presale. They're doing a similar presale to like how Thena did it with the, the NFTs, which the, the Thena presale was awesome. But a a big part of what made it awesome was there was a, a token airdrop, which accompanied it. Um, And so, you know, I, I decided not to participate in the presale, um, for a couple of reasons, but the main reason was that it's just, it's, they're, they're hitting a really competitive market right now. And even though it's a narrative now, like money moves, you know, with narratives. And so there's going to come a point to where they're all competing for the same market share with the exact same technology fighting for the exact same liquidity. And so, you know, that to me says uh, maybe there's something there. But I really do like that team a lot. Uh, and, you know, so if I were betting on a team, I think they would be awesome. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. All right.
1: So, go ahead. Final go thoughts.
0: Ahead. Final thoughts on Arbitrum. Do you have more? Do you have more stuff?
1: Oh, um, I don't really have a lot more to say about Arbitrum. I've got some tweets that are kind of funny, uh, but they're just like, Poking fun and how sharply it's dropped. <laughs> Ward, a great point where it's like, don't beat yourself up about not claiming uh selling your airdrop in the first five minutes. Take comfort knowing that only eighty thousand of Arbitrum was sold above that level in the chain and only by five different wallets.
0: Ooh, somebody claimed and cashed in.
1: Yeah, it's it's a tight little margin to they get must in have there. botted
0: that shit or something. Yeah, right? you have to. There's no way.
1: Yeah. A huge traffic jam.
0: So the final topic for today. Which isn't even a huge topic, but I mean, I guess it is. But Doquan's not really news anymore. I mean, I guess he kind of is, but like we've moved on. I've moved on. Like he was like two girlfriends ago that that broke my heart. (laughs) He ain't breaking my heart today, but he was arrested apparently in Montenegro uh, trying to exit the country using falsified documents. And apparently they got him. Um, I thought he wasn't on the run. Didn't he tell us he wasn't on the run? Dude, he said he wasn't on the run. He said, yo, he, he said, come in and talk like Gensler. He said, come on down, you know, <laughs> come on down and see us. Um, But so this is, you know, the Bankless guys put this out, but there is another tweet from what appears to be a government agency from Montenegro. Uh, and it says one of the world's most wanted fugitives. They really fluffed this up. They probably don't get to bust a lot of big dogs over there. Maybe they do drugs. I don't know. Montenegrin police have detained a person suspected of being one of the most wanted fugitives south korean citizen do kwan blah 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 the former cryptocurrency king behind the losses of 40 billion dollars and interesting that the sec just recently re- released charges against him like did you see it it was like two weeks ago yeah, or less you know, like, ah, we're gonna throw this one at him you know but you know that's we're, not even news dude i don't know that's not big we're news
1: gonna give me. him a uh a- like one of those sentences where it's like 50 billion life sentences in prison for his crime
0: they need to let they need to let ross out they need to let ross out ross Ulbricht, man they need to yeah let him we should out. Do they're not gonna let him out they, they made dude I, I i i listened to a book clay and i listened to it on the way down to miami called tracers in the dark and it was about these uh fbi agents who were like tracking ross and like trying to figure out who created the silk road it was bad to the bone but it really got into how the judicial system Really screwed the pooch on that one, you know. Nonviolent criminal who got you know two life sentences, uh, consec two consecutive life sentences. Like it was huge. So anyhow, Silk Road guy Ross Ross Ulbricht. Yeah, he's the guy that created Silk Road number one. And then there's been a hundred, you know. Since then, didn't they get him on
1: like they like did like some kind of entrapment? Like they got him to try and like get order a hit on them or something.
0: So it wasn't really, I mean, he, he, he was, I think he was a Stanford student. He definitely, he lived in San Francisco and they Mm -hmm. infiltrated, they actually hacked some of the moderator accounts for the Silk Road. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they also got him to become friendly with somebody who he believed was a cartel member, but it was actually an FBI agent named, he went by the name nod N O D and, uh, apparently what ended up happening. So he had like a, I don't know, a kilo or something sent to somebody and it disappeared right but what it, what really happened was the fbi got to that person first and they took it and he's like yo this dude stole a bunch of money from me blah 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 Or he went in and, and emptied the accounts of a bunch of dealers we need to send a hit out on him and the person he asked to do the hit was an fbi agent and so yeah. that's kind of but then they got him like at the san francisco public library like it was it's a hell of a story traces in the dark definitely worth listening to i'm an, i'm a book listener i'm not really a book enjoyer or reader per se (laughs) but when i'm driving i like to put on audible so anyhow understood that's all i got man that's all i got Corval, i noticed you in the shimmer discord yesterday Mm -hmm. talking about minting shit coins on shimmer network
1: yeah it's really easy i feel like such an idiot i thought it was going to be way more involved i thought i was going to get to code some but uh apparently in the firefly wallet I downloaded the wrong instance or like the wrong application, but there's a Firefly Wallet that will let you just mint a token, mint and shit coin. Mint an NFT if you want. Yeah, And uh so I'm gonna be playing around with that today.
0: Is that where Corval Coin is going to live? I mean, I don't,
1: I don't want to tell tales out of school. You know what I mean? I don't want <laughs> to give,
0: give away too much
1: information, but I'll be playing around with it.
0: Uh Cygnus, you're like my, you're like my what my wife would call a spirit animal, everything you're saying, I completely agree with. All right. (laughs) We gotta, we gotta get the hell out of here, man. It is a hell of a day. Listen, you know, somebody put out a tweet earlier. I basically live off of tweets that said, you know, getting angry on Twitter is not going to really make any difference. And he's right. Getting angry on Twitter will not make a difference. However uh, there are organizations out there and, and ones that are making a difference like the blockchain association the chamber of digital commerce i know that uh coinbase has i think they call it the five five four three i'm not sure but it's a way for people to register to become activists for cryptocurrency and uh you know if if you're passionate about this like i am i think it's time to get involved i definitely do and so that's going to be something i'm going to be looking into later on today because it's getting to the point that that i'm like becoming ashamed of of what this has all become and and the sad part is like, regardless of what part of the aisle you're on, this was all foretold. Like they told us this shit was coming, even though they said inflation was transitory. We knew it wasn't even though, you know, they said, oh, we're not debasing the US dollar. It's completely fine. Strongest financial system in the world. We knew it wasn't. And now they're, they're coming after probably public enemy number one to them which is cryptocurrency, even though they're they're putting an about face on on it to say, you know, this is not what we're doing. So anyhow, we will continue to do this show. I will try and keep my emotions in check because I got to be honest with you, by Thursday, like I'm beat, bro. I'm, you know, I, I'm my son. It, I, my little boy was born on, on February 28th. So before I get here, I'm at the hospital, you know, hanging out with him. Just I don't have much time. I only go there for like a half hour in the mornings and then come here and like try and cram days worth of information in my brain to do the show but uh it's wearing me out man i think i need more therapy not <laughs> not there i need like more therapy dude you know that's that's what that's, i need
1: i think you need a I, I think you need a nice soak in epsom salts <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just projecting
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's get the hell out of here man hey if you've watched this entire show please do me a favor the 75 of you like the video subscribe to the channel share it on twitter or wherever you want we're going to keep bringing you the absolute best content we can. Corval is going to buy more pink clothes uh and and rock time. them. Yeah, on the company time. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Mikey, take us home, brother. Help himself. He couldn't help it. <laughs> He's such a bragger, dude. <laughs> Close the show for God's sakes.